Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whenever it is that you are hearing my voice. It is that time of the week again. Welcome to the first official edition of the Apple Tech Packs. I'm your host, Josh Lyon, and here is always with me, Mr. Brilliant himself, Seth Cruz. How you doing tonight, sir? Hey, man. Doing pretty good. How are you? Doing pretty good, I might say. You know, it's been a crazy weekend. I didn't really feel like I got a weekend off. But as you guys know, we don't like to dilly-dally too much. Seth, we get right into it. What's new with you, man? Yeah, so a couple things are kind of interesting, but the focus mode, I was really kind of finding that interesting. I've been trying that out. The other thing that uh, we, we both got, actually, I'll talk about, was a new microphone, so hopefully I sound better. But also the recording, I think I mentioned this and I was looking and holy cow, it was like, we, we've, we've kind of slacked here uh, the last, I don't know, 20 days or something. I mean, it was like uh, September 21st, I think was our last published date. But one of the things between our last time that we talked and now is that we had updated to iOS 15. And one of the things um, that I have on my recordings is the secure home video, right? And I noticed that one of my cameras was no longer recording. Well, today it caught the guy walking around the outside of the house spraying for bugs so it's back to recording again. I'll have to play with it because it should have sent me some kind of notification and said, hey, I saw somebody, and it didn't do that. But I think it is basically back to working again. So those are the things that are new with me. Got uh, my camera recording. I've tried out focus mode, and I like it, although there are some oddities. And then also a new microphone, so hopefully we sound better. What's new with you? You know, like you said, you know, we got a new podcast name and we got new microphones. Uh, we went ahead and invested in the better equipment so that we can be mobile and, you know, record remotely. And that way we're, you know, we're on our time. And so we can get a better product out to you guys. Football season, high school football season is, season is winding down, which means that cheer practice is also winding down to where it's not five days a week or six days a week it's more of two days a week or three days a week and that is to me an amazing thing because i am not a morning person nor do i stay the sleep through throughout the entire night so getting that little bit of extra sleep it has been simply amazing got my grandmother-in-law staying with us for the next couple weeks so it's time it's nice to get that time with her uh because we don't get to see her but you know every couple weeks so she flew up from uh from mississippi to stay with us so it's been amazing to be honest with you and i'd like love that my wife has that extra time with her get right into it you know quick news rundown we got a lot of news because as seth alluded to we have not recorded for a while. We're kind of making some adjustments 
and waiting for our equipment to get back here. You know, they're not a sponsorship at all with us or anything like that, but shout out to Blue Yeti for making a quality product that 30,000 people have reviewed. Uh, orders for the Apple Watch Series 7 have actually began to ship. You can now go online and order them and pre-order them. Uh, those went live last Friday. Something that I am very excited for is Apple has finally opened up their native apps to be reviewed. Now, this is something that in 10 years they've never done or allowed, and it's about time because as we know there are several apple apps out there that are just straight trash and garbage yeah right if apple can pretty much well i guess what i'm saying replicate what they're doing or open it up to where the mail app is not so vanilla then you know i'll use the mail app client and if they open up the calendars app to have natural language input then i will just use their app exclusively so I have a feeling I'm not the only person that review that knows this and feels that way because the second that they opened up the, the native reviews, their native apps got trashed. So I hope that they take the information and they use it wisely. <laughs> All right, next thing up is... You know what's funny is I actually use um, Apple Music almost exclusively with Uber. And I have to say that everybody, even if it's not a great app, there are definitely some things that are kind of goofy about it. I would say, at least in the iPad version of the app, the people that use it a lot, man, can they navigate through and pick songs and do stuff. But if you're not used to it, it's definitely one of those things where people say, okay, so now how do I search? I would say that you know, finding, exploring content and finding what you're looking for is not obvious, right? And imagine trying to type while somebody's driving. <laughs> it's, it is not conducive, uh, either driving or, or let's say that you're slightly inebriated. It can be a real challenge to type in the name of an artist or a song in, in a timely fashion so having you know the playlists along the side where people can pick from that it's nice but definitely uh, being able to open up some reviews is great as long as they're going to actually do something with that information and i think that's the thing that people are going to be waiting to see is well okay so does the reviewing of an app like music or notes or I work or whatever, does that lead to an improved experience? I, I, for one, am not a fan of them moving the address bar in Safari on the iPhone to the bottom of the screen. If I open up Safari on my MacBook Air, the search bar is still at the top of the screen. So I'm just going to say that there are some things like that where feedback is great if they're going to do something with it next thing up is for those of you out there that are on the iWork suite of apple again keeping it native like myself I like and they just that those that suite just got updated to be able to include live feeds 
with you know presentations and documents so basically that's integrating the shareplay technology is what that comes down to yep and the return of shareplay has been confirmed with uh, ios 15.1 as of right now they have released ios and ipad os 15.0.2 to the public to fix uh numerous bugs so if you guys are not on 15.0.2 Make sure that you guys go ahead and do that and as always back up your devices before you do so because as of last Friday, Apple has officially actually stopped signing the iOS 15 OS and iPad OS 15 already. So you have to go, the minimum version that you can go on is iPad OS and iOS 15.0.1. Just something to note. Absolutely. So it'll be really interesting to try out SharePlay and some of those things once it uh, once more people are taking advantage of that. Also, you may have seen in the headlines something about the iPad Mini and Jelly Scrolling or Jelly Gate or you know something along those lines. I wanted to break that down to you because I've seen the videos on you know what it does on what it looks like and i think where there's a lot of confusion is that people are expecting the 120 hertz uh display promotion display on the ipad mini and so they're wanting things to be instantaneous and so you're getting kind of like a image as you scroll away according to apple this is a normal behavior sure yeah, I mean, really what it comes down to, I think, for if we, if we break it down a little bit for the less techie person, it's basically the screen is moving faster than the, uh, than the phone can or the, the iPad can refresh. So you're actually seeing the different parts of the system working in a way that that was invisible to you with lower quality uh, screens essentially they could hide certain things from you that they can't anymore so when you when you scroll up and down fast enough uh, the the whole screen looks to wiggle uh, in a way that's unnatural wouldn't you say yeah i think that's exact word unnatural it looks unnatural that's the perfect word for it Apple TV Plus has its first, what I consider, failure. I watched Mr. Corman. I watched Mr. Corman, and I'm going to tell you, you know, it. it's good, but it's not good enough. The When you compare it to something like The Morning Show or C or even Greyhound the movie, right? Like, there were a lot of shows there was bound to be one that was going to crash and burn. And it's not that it wasn't good. It just wasn't great. Yep. Like, and, you know, I'm right there with you. You know, I watched the first uh, episode of it, and my wife was all confused. She hated it. And, it, <laughs> yep. you know, I didn't, you know, I did not think that it was bad, you know, by any means. Right. I feel like it just, it was, it was bizarre. And it wasn't it was for everybody. It was it wasn't for right. everybody. But in order to, I guess, like a show like that, you have to be able to put yourself in another person's shoes and understand where's this perspective coming from. And so a lot right. of people don't have that. Well, it just was 
Right. It just wasn't, I think, it was, it was well acted, well written, well everything, all by who Joseph Gordon-Levitt. But mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of him, by the way. But I just feel like maybe it was too slow. Maybe I don't know. There was just something about it that wasn't at the same caliber as the other shows. If it had been a show on Netflix, I feel like maybe it it still would have gotten canceled. But they might have let it go a whole season and you know been like, okay, well, let's see what people. Because there's a different formula on Netflix for what can what can mm-hmm. is considered a successful show. I mean, yep. uh, there's something called the Squid Game, which is I saw the preview for that. Yep. And I'm like, yep nope. <laughs> but you know, um, yep, me too. I think that a lot of the shows on our expectations are different between services right like if i look at a show on disney plus my expectation is something that's like the the mandalorian the quality of the show is so it is movie quality right and and so you kind of expect Mm -hmm. that so when you see something on there you have a certain expectation i think on apple TV Plus, there's an expectation that everything's going to be C for all mankind, right? Like uh, a, a certain quality of storytelling. And when when that was missing, it was almost, I don't know, I can listen to songs and go, yep, that's going to be a hit. I looked at that show and I went, yeah, that's not going to be enough. So anyway, we've spent enough time probably talking about Mr. Corman, but it was, a, it was the first <laughs> failure of an Apple... TV plus uh, show that yep. was monetized or how it was paid for or whatever. And you knew it was going to happen, but you just didn't want it to happen to Joseph. <laughs> right, 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 right. It if you're a fan of yep. his, you know, like I am, you know? Uh, so that, you know, it broke my heart a little bit, but at the same time, like you said, I think it was a little yep. too dark and a little too slow at the same time. So anyway, on to the next thing um, you guys may have seen it, but, and we've talked about this also numerous times on the podcast where, Apple has really made a push to crack down on leakers. And so they've even set up, I want to say plots or but bait for all of these insiders that have or leakers that that get report all of these things. So they put out false information just to catch these people within the company. And, you know, they've taken the next step and they are not afraid to take action against uh people within the company that they uh that they find out has leaked confidential information for instance simon lancaster he was a formal former materials lead he is actually being sued by apple right now for leaking trade secrets that he stole about project x and what project x is is like ar slash vr technology and documents he was quitting the company or had he had got found out and got fired and he actually stole a bunch of documents and so now Apple is uh, suing him. So Apple is not playing games. You know, they did this a while back with they, they did this a while back with one of the iPhone prototypes somebody leaked or stole, tried to sell something and they did this 
a while back, but they're they kind of got away from doing that. They just were like, okay, we'll just buy things back. We'll keep it quiet. This this definitely is a change in tactic for them, and I think they've been advised to protect their intellectual property a little more. Um, they've always been secretive. They've always been for you know security and and secrecy and all of those things. But I think they're being a little more. I don't know what the word is. They're they're definitely working more towards protecting that in, intellectual property now than they were maybe you know a year ago even. So yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think that uh, you were gonna we're probably this isn't the only story we're gonna hear of somebody you know quitting and then being found to be taking things they shouldn't have. Yep. And you know, like I said, it is a crime and you know, they are gonna get prosecuted for it and he's gonna be charged and, and probably serves some jail time. And Something. or never own another penny because he has owed all the apple for the rest of his life, you know. You know, th- that being said, you know, again, th- that's why we do not talk leaks around here. We we don't. That's not our thing. Like, this is a factual based podcast. And we like to keep it that way because, you know, if we're wrong, then, you know, I'm going to be wrong from time to time on some of the facts. But I hope. That somebody calls me out on it so that I can say my bad or I'm sorry or correct and get the right information. I'm not afraid to do that. I'll take my pride away for that. But I'm not. But I'm not going to give you guys absolutely. Uh, you know, misinformation or leak. You know, certain information. So just know this: you're getting information from a trustworthy news source at this point, uh, coming from us here at Apple, Apple Tech Facts. Next up today. Apple released iOS and iPadOS 15.0.2 to the public. Uh, This fix was to fix a major bug with the uh, Find My App and MagSafe Wallet where it wasn't uh, keeping the location uh, tracked on it from from my understanding on it. Again, I don't know anything about it because I'm still rocking my iPhone 11 Pro for right now. You know, but, you know, make sure, of course, there's always going to be security updates that go along with it. Apple has stopped signing iOS and iPad OS 15. So the most version that you can go to is iPad OS and iOS 15.0.1 that fixed other bugs. Um, to, that way you're getting a more stable version and your information is more secure because there's always going to be people out there that are trying to hack the latest version of the iOS. And chances are it's going to be the first major version, but it's going to take a couple months. Uh, you know, for them to do so. And the fact that they stopped signing those certificates so you can't download that, downgrade it to anything below 15.0.1 is is a good thing for you as a consumer. Absolutely. And there are uh, a number of known issues that uh, have either been found or addressed with 15, iOS 15, right? Yep. Definitely got a few, you know, quite a few things here where with messages, you know, there's a bug where it was deleting saved photos um, that has since been resolved with iOS 15.0.1. Some Siri requests have been founding like to disappear. So the Siri saved history, basically. I'm not sure if that's still the issue with that. I'll have to, we'll have to get back to you guys on that. Um, CarPlay issues where music is not playing and other apps are also not working so there's some continuity issues there i think yeah and, and i can tell you from using carplay in in my car or my wife's car i don't think we were hit by those bugs but i could definitely see where 
the one thing that was kind of unusual was plugging the phone in right after the update it seemed like there were some hiccups right like it didn't necessarily seem to just plug in and work immediately it took it, it kind of struggled a little bit and i don't know if it was sending an update to the car i don't know what it was doing but it definitely struggled right at the beginning right the very first time i plugged it in since then everything's been golden sure i mean so there had to be some kind of an update or some kind of syncing that had to happen you know you know, you know we don't know yeah he goes oh this is you're plugged into carplay let me do some things right like i, yeah. I don't know but anyway that definitely i i'm glad that the music has played for for us in our cars but uh, i definitely did notice something happened and so i could see where maybe other people were having problems yep and you know like i think that is not that big of a deal right now just because there's not at least a ton of people that i know that have you know apple carplay just yet so um that's not you know such a big deal to right. to everybody but maybe our every single one of our uh listeners does have it so in which case there's your news and there's your update on that also with ios 15.0.1 kind of the big thing with that update was that iphone 13 devices have not been able to get unlocked with the apple watch uh that issue has been fixed so again the ecosystem there's just a simple bug in the ecosystem that is now fixed as a very good glad to hear it wasn't wasn't impacted but i could definitely i man i use my watch and, and my phone a lot to unlock so yeah that would be a pain as a beta tester for ios 15.1 i can tell you guys that they have returned share play to devices and we were uh seth and i were kind of talking about this the other day where once we get on SharePlay, we actually might be able to get on SharePlay and record the podcast and then put the SharePlay video up on YouTube. So that might be some new content coming for you guys. But uh, from what I know is that it is, uh, you know, it's up and working on iOS 15.1, yeah. which seems to be, you know, for the most part, pretty stable. And I think that's kind of going to be the update that everybody says, oh, this is what iOS 15 is supposed to be like. And I don't know if it's because of iOS 15.1 or maybe it's just because it took me this long to test it out. But I tested out the FaceTime link feature for Android devices and you cannot tell the difference. Being on an iPhone, I'd like that. I actually uh, sent a FaceTime link to a couple of buddies of mine that I went to college with, you know, just to do some testing out okay. because they actually answered. And I tried to send it to family members and they didn't answer <laughs> or they said, or they said it didn't work, you know, for whatever reason. So maybe they're gassing me. I don't know. Anywho, that's that. I, uh, SharePlay is coming back and the Android to Apple sure. ecosystem difference gets a little bit smaller <laughs> than FaceTime. So Seth, iOS 15, iPad OS 15 has been out for a while now. So I think you kind of alluded to it. If I know the answer already, which I don't, I'm just guessing. But what is your favorite iOS and iPad OS 15 feature that you've seen and experienced and used so far? Hmm. You know, recently with the 
AirPod Pros, you can, you have to really dig into it to find it. It's in the accessibility features. It's, it's really buried, but the ability to enable, it's, it's in the mode where you can kind of hear everything around you. It's not blocking out all the sound. Transparency. Transparency mode. But you can actually amplify the person speaking in front of you and block out some of the ambient sounds around you. So in transparency mode, and I tried this out at work, believe it or not, and I could tell when I had it on and I had both AirPods in. It was less noticeable with only one, but when you had both AirPods in, and you were looking straight at somebody, it, you could really tell that it was doing something. It was amplifying their sound, their, their speech, and blocking out some of the background noise. Now, the thing about it is when nobody's talking and you've got transparency mode on, man, everything's louder. <laughs> so I, I definitely haven't have enjoyed that feature, which allows, um, I forget what they call that, but basically that you could hear people better with, with the AirPod Pros and iOS 15. They, they updated the, the firmware recently on the AirPods and, and allowed for that. The other thing I definitely am still playing with that I've enjoyed was focus mode. Um, when I'm driving Uber, because I'll, I'll use that a lot, but I, I, I can have it not... It, it, I can have it send some messages to to not notify me, but if somebody is messaging me in Snapchat, let's say, have that pop up on the screen. Or if somebody is that also Ubers that's trying to message me, maybe I want to hear from them, or the Uber app. So. The thing that I have noticed about, about focus modes is if I have two focus modes that overlap, it does not always know which one to use, I guess I'll say. So, for instance, it well, you know, it's weird because if I Uber later than my bedtime, <laughs> then, then the bedtime focus mm. mode doesn't seem... Well, it does come on, but it doesn't recognize that I want to go. Like I come in, I, I turn off, and I want to go to bed. It's almost like I'm doing that too soon, right? Like it can't figure that out. Whereas if um, I'm watching TV and I'm laying in bed, it goes, oh, hey, you probably want to go to sleep soon. So I'll t talk, uh, talk to you about going to sleep or whatever. It changes its mode. So I'm just saying it... it doesn't maybe recognize a, a change in focus immediately and that's not necessarily a bad thing but it's just something to be aware of if you have overlapping focus modes that can be uh, a challenge for it to figure it out maybe you're switching from work to driving that kind of thing it, it definitely notices certain things right away like driving it recognizes that um, but the focus modes in general, I just, I think are a fantastic addition. Yep. It sounds like you're going to have to set up a series shortcut in the shortcuts app 
to switch those modes. I think that's the way it knows which one to take precedent on instead of the actual focus mode, but setting up a series shortcut to tell it to do this at this certain time, yeah, it's gonna take, you know, an extra, you know, five seconds of your life. But I think that would eliminate some of the confusion. That would be something I would I would write a review about how horrible <laughs> I think the yep. shortcuts app is. It is absolutely yep. and, you know atrocious. it's like you said it's a native app now, and it, there's a lot to it that needs to be improved on because if you don't have any kind of tech based knowledge or terminology knowledge then it's very very hard to use and i myself still struggle with it and you know it's definitely something i want to learn more about and i've said this before and i'm gonna learn you know more about it but you know by the time that i you know get it figured out and understand it the way on the level i need to guess what some people or somebody has already released the shortcut that i need and they're already just going to put it out there so I might as well be smarter yep. and just go ahead and go get the one that I need. So, again, I'm right there with you on the focus mode thing. That's probably my favorite feature because I have it set up. I have three different focus modes that I use where I have only certain types of notifications that come through on my phone or my iPad depending on the focus mode. And... Honestly, I think I could go a full 24 hours and just keep my work focus mode on and I'm a happy man because I only have certain people allowed to send me notifications during those time periods and a certain couple of apps that are able to send me notifications when I have that focus mode turned on. Now, you know, that's kind of a basic vanilla level of... Yep. Uh, utilization on it you know there's you know all these people out there and youtubers and stuff like that where they have focus mode set up to where their screen on their ipad will change according to the focus mode that they're in so that completely removes all these apps well i don't i i don't need all of that right you know in my life at this moment in time because i have uh, all of my productivity apps and uh content creation apps on one page and then have all my other entertainment apps and games and stuff on the second page that's that look for you know some updates to focus uh modes you know definitely look into it guys if you are you know you're wanting to be more productive you know in your life and sure i'll put out a how-to screen recording on our tiktok page at apple tech facts on how to set up a focus mode and it's real simple, you know, four clicks, and I'll show you what, uh, if you want to add people to it and add apps to it, all that, to, like I said, basic level fundamentals. Um, I don't want to make things too complicated around here. Now, something came has came up in, you know, with all of these reviews with the new iOS, uh, iPhone 13 devices to where what we something we've talked about before on a previous podcast so go back and listen to it is the right to repair and it's kind of a big deal because it's if the right to repair goes away ever then if your name or company is not tied to apple inc 
then you're probably going to go under with the, the millions and millions of people that have iOS and iPadOS devices that take for third-party repairs. And Apple is almost seems like they're going out of their way to get rid of the right to repair to where if you're not associated with them on an official level and scale, then you can't get your phone repaired by them. So one of the things that I will just throw out there is what does this mean for the average Joe, right? And the interesting thing that you're talking about is that let's say I buy an iPhone 13 and I drop it and I need to get a new screen. Well, if I have an iPhone, anything before a 13, and I take it to a repair shop, they could put a new screen on. Now, depending on their level of sophistication, they might put the little waterproof, dustproof seal around it. They, they might uh, be able to reprogram the screen or, the, or whatever the part was. There, there were a few different things that you had to do some fancy finagling to. But with the 13, the, the two most important things that, you, that a person would, would do would be the screen and the battery. And basically what has been found is, one, if you replace the screen with another Apple genuine part, we're not, I mean, take, take two iPhone 13s, take the screens off and swap them. So there, you're not doing anything that's not genuine parts, right? The true tone, the portrait mm -hmm. mode, the face ID, the auto brightness, they're all broken. If you, if you put a, a, the other battery in, you lose the battery health. Now there's some things that people are doing with soldering and cutting parts and soldering them onto other batteries and reprogramming and doing all these things. But basically what it means for me and you is it's going to cost more. And if you don't buy the insurance or the Apple Care and you break your screen on an iPhone 13, you can't just take it in and get a cheap new screen on it. You're going to have to take it back to Apple or mail it in or do whatever. You're not going to be able to just go get it repaired. So a lot of the companies that are out there that used to do this, if they tell you they can still do it with an iPhone 13, yeah, be careful because you're 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 all sorts of things with the front facing camera, the the true tone and the auto brightness and all those things will all be broken. And that and face ID, that's a big deal, man. To not be able to just unlock your phone with your face or do po portrait mode, like there's some definite things that people look to their phone to be able to do. One of the you know, it's like a feature of the phone. To not be able to do that would be kind of like not being able to use your fingerprint on an older phone to unlock it. I mean, it's really putting you at a disadvantage. So it's going to cost more and the chances of something breaking, at least right now, I, I would, um, you know, there, there's some good reasons to upgrade to a 13. Don't get me wrong, but I, I think that right now, for all intents and purposes, repairing an iPhone 13, it's dead. Unless, unless there's some law and some unlocking that happens by Apple to allow it, right now, you you just can't do it. Yeah. Yep. I think you're it's you're right. It's going to take regulation. It's going to take regulation. You know because there's people out there that own these businesses that are going to be able to figure out how to do it and how to do it correctly. 
you know, without harming your device and do it for a lot cheaper for, you know, than Apple can do it for. And consequently expand the life of your device by you know, maybe three or four years. And so I think that this is a great way for Apple to ensure you that one, you're going to get the Apple care because they're going to make it cheaper if you do pay that price as they should. And they're also going to make it so that you are going to be upgrading your device every year so I- or every other year. Like they're making it really hard for you to stay with your phone. Well, they're they're making it impossible because the battery is going to need to be replaced. But right now, you really can't unless you send it back to Apple, and which and they'll probably make it, you know, two three hundred dollars for a battery replacement, so that you won't want to do it, right? If it's out of if it's out of warranty. No, if you have a a device for under two years, (laughs) it's free. Yep, if it's in warranty, like right now, like my warranty runs out on my iPhone 11 Pro at on October 20. Seventh, so I have I can basically send my iPhone 11 Pro in to get a new screen replacement because it does have some scratches on it for twenty nine dollars, and it, I can also send it in to get a brand new battery. And the only thing that's cosmetically wrong is it has some dings on the sides of it that are not on the screen. You know that's the only thing that's cosmetically wrong, which yeah. you can't even notice because you don't have a case on it. But basically, if you're going to get a 13, you want to get the insurance from Apple or your phone carrier so that you're guaranteed to basically be able to do that Mm -hmm. repair for cheap. Because if you don't, you know, I I watched some repair videos on other Samsung flip and fold, whatever. And, you know, the phone costs a thousand dollars and the repair costs uh, $1,200. So, it's not that Apple is unique here. It's just that there's a lot more people with those devices. And so there's a lot more people that could be impacted by this, uh, by, by the changes they've made to make it much more difficult to replace yep. a screen or a and battery. And just kind of give you guys some perspective here yep. on, you know, I have the iPad 7th generation, which is you know, perfectly fine. You know, the battery life is not bad, you know, considering, but because it was out of warranty, Apple was trying to charge me $298 to, to get it repaired. And it's a $329 device with the cellular on it being two years old. And I was like, that's a price of a brand new iPad ninth generation without Wi-Fi. But obviously Apple's never going to let you do that. Right. You know, even if, you know, because they want to make a return on something, they don't want to give anything away for free or break even with anybody, God forbid. But they tried to charge me 320 something dollars to get my iPad cracked screen repaired on the seventh generation when I took it to a third party repair people. And because it doesn't have that laminated display, they were able to repair it for 150 And guess what? Now I almost have like a brand new iPad. I hope that you know they figure it out to where there's some kind of regulation personally and you know right to repair doesn't die and you can't take it to places that are that are there to that have the know-how and the reputation to repair these devices and not brick them the right to repair group in my opinion 
the right to repair group will probably figure out how to reprogram the screens, how to reprogram the batteries. They'll sell modules to repair shops. It'll happen, but it might take them a while and it won't be perfect. And I think it's a cat and mouse game. Yep, I agree. Where 100%. you know they're going to continue to fight until there's regulation that says they that Apple has to allow this. They're, Apple's going to continue to make it difficult. I, I I think that's exactly where it's headed. I think that you know there's this level of regulation needs to happen, but I don't see why we need any more outside of that. Like we don't need more regulation of all these big tech companies outside of that because to me that's wrong but this is the minimum level that i'm willing to accept and i'm not drawing that line and i'm not going to move that line in the sand but when it comes to repairing devices and uh, ensuring the longevity of that device because we spend a lot of time on these devices we spend a lot of time and we spend a lot of money on these devices so at the very least we should be able to get the repairs done so that they last us longer than what they could be and not force us to update every two or three years if we don't want to so that's my soapbox on that seth i don't have anything else how about you man well i had a couple things you know we i I mentioned disney plus earlier and that was my my star wars reference are you familiar with what a tauntaun is nope so in the the Empire Strikes Back, where they're running around on those two-legged sheep-looking things with horns, and then they have to cut it open and and stuff Luke inside of it. Do you remember that? Okay. Do you remember? Do you remember? No. No. Nope. Well, then this this uh, I'm not this dad joke probably no. So go. This ahead. dad joke's really gonna bomb on you then, because uh, do you know how warm? A tauntaun is inside. It's lukewarm. Lukewarm. Anyway, you can cut that one out. <laughs> Do you know why I don't trust trees? Why don't you trust trees? They seem really shady. <laughs> okay, that one's funny. I got it. <laughs> that one didn't go over my head. I'm like the Star Wars is Star Trek references that you've been putting out lately. <laughs> I know there's millions and millions of people out there that are Star Wars fans, and yep, that joke is for I understand. You. There you go. And so, with that being said, thanks for listening.